What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideshareRodeo.com, WithPara.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. So, sadly, tonight, um, I am not able to do uh, or or play the interview that I did with uh, Morad from Driver App London uh, this week. And it's too bad we had a really nice conversation. I actually am hoping to be able to play that next week. The um, recording needed a little help. And actually, uh, our friends over at Gig Economy Podcast... Uh, uh, Jason, he's he's trying to help us clean up the audio right now. It was uh it was just uh um well long story short, let's see if we have it tomorrow or next week. <laughs> we hopefully will. And if Jason, if you're listening, thanks for trying. Either way, we hope uh, you can salvage something out of there for us because um, it was a good interview and uh, it was our first one from somebody with um, from London who does kind of the same thing we do on UberLiftDrivers.com, but over there, and uh, has been do, doing rideshare over there for four years, kind of, you know, posts news, kind of the same type of stuff we do, um, maybe a little smaller scale, but uh, but still doing it and does it more locally to London. So it was nice to kind of get that. Um, uh, Morad and I, once we, we were in the conversation a little bit to see the differences and the, um, what we have alike between the two cities. Uh, but it's, it is quite a difference. Um, even the way the pandemic's been handled, uh, the way that they're taken care of. And it was just interesting to hear. So hopefully I'll be able to play the interview in its entirety next week. If not, um, I will at least try and put the transcript up on uberliftdrivers.com. Because it was a good interview, and uh, maybe I'll try and brief it next week. But that kind of left me to go take a look and uh, check into something um, this week that I wasn't really sure where it was at. I mean, I kind of knew, but I wanted to see where we're at now since we did so much of this in the beginning. So this episode's probably going to be a little short this week. Um, there's really only two things I want to go through. I want to go through this real quick, um, what I just have been finding out about this. And uh, then I want to talk about Lyft's new um, program for drivers. So, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing uh, the article uh, in its entirety too that Derek Hare wrote, uh, and then uh, maybe we can just talk about it a little bit on the other side. But first, uh, I do want to just talk to you guys about um, the three hundred dollar a week unemployment bonus for PUA and its relativity to gig workers because I'm getting a lot of different news here. So um, let's see. What am, what was I – so I, I, I contacted some people today. I've been texting with some people just to see where they're at with their states. And right now we've got um, – so one state I got a confirmation on is uh, Pennsylvania is now already paying out their extra 300 and they're doing the 11-week compensation um, backdating to January for the lapse, even if, like, you had hit your maximum weeks from PUA. And they're just going to be giving that out in Pennsylvania regularly to everybody that applies. So I'm going to roll it around here a bit because all the states are different. We know this from when PUA first hit. Um, 
in how they handle this, how they handle their money. And so some states like, like Pennsylvania, like I just mentioned, are live right now. You can let me see if I got it. You can go to um, the unemployment, the state unemployment dashboard for Pennsylvania, it looks like, um, will show you the link to pandemic. Let me just see. Yeah. Um, we have an article up on the website too, uberliftdrivers.com that you can check out that has a link on it to the directly to the Pennsylvania one. But, um, so right now, like there's other States too, that are near this, but this was the one I have confirmation on not only in, uh, news, but also from a, a driver who drives in that, in that state who could confirm that yes, they have applied, they've got emails back, and it looks to be like the money is going to be starting to be distributed um, right now. Um, it, payments starting as early as January 26th is what I'm reading right now on the Labor Department's site. Uh, industry spokeswoman Sarah DeSantis says applications are open from January 22nd to the 29th. People who filed for PUA last year can expect to start receiving payments as early as Tuesday, January 26th. That's today. So um, you can also still new file and stuff. And again, this is for pandemic unemployment assistance. And folks, there's a lot of confusion going around. So I, I just want to clarify some words because right now what's Pen Pennsylvania and other states are starting to get, okay, is the second round basically of the cares act and it's not the second round but we all had that it, we all know that the lapse at the end of july happened and then when that happened and when nothing got signed by the end of the year even worse it really kind of backtracked a lot of things um both parties both sides of the aisle are to blame on this one they both i think everybody knows kind of shafted us through um the summer and all that and once august hit it was just that's that uh you know many most countries have done a lot better for their people than we've done for ours here in the united states and uh it's kind of surprising because this you know we're supposed to be the the world leader and you know show other other countries how economies should be run and how how well people are treated here and it kind of uh, has, in a way, you know, made us a joke, the way that this has been handled, uh, distributed, not distributed. Um, the mess that everything seems to be in this country lately uh, surrounding the pandemic. And, and I know that everybody says, you know, it's we've never seen things like this. This is the pandemic. But to be honest, on the government level, I'm kind of sick of the it's the pandemic excuse. And that is what I feel like it is, is an excuse at this point. And I feel like it's way overused. Um, yeah, it's, it is, you're right. It is the pandemic, but we've been in the pandemic for almost a year now. And gov if a government can't find a way to run these type of programs and get checks cashed, which by the way, that was very sarcastic of me. Of course they can. Um, but if they can't find a way to do that in a year to do it correctly and not let lapses like this go where people are food insecure, dying, getting evicted. And yes, I, I'm not overstating this. And we all know this. This is really how it is. This is really what's happening. I mean, people are being evicted. People are being kicked out of their homes. They're being, uh, 
you know, they, they can't, they can't get food on the table. And this pandemic aid helped in the beginning, sure, um, but then left most, especially gig workers, specifically with uh, very bottom of the food chain UI benefits once the PUA ran out. And that is not a country supporting its people, um, not at all. Uh, we've let the you know, I mean, the mental state of this country has gone to shit. Uh, people are struggling in every type of way that I know. And it's, it seems to just be getting amplified in the new year. And it's, it's crazy because it needs to start seeing action. So what I'm about to refer to with these three different, um, letter associations are the different ways that this is known. But so the cares act helped us through there through July. And then now we have, $300 a week bonus for 11 weeks that was supposed to be starting, started to be paid in January. Okay. Because of the way this was all handled, same crappy way. Um, every, that's why I was talking about Pennsylvania first. They are actually going to start seeing this money as of today. So I, I'll know this in the it, later this week, if it really happened, other States are kind of right there too. Should be live kind of this week. Um, I think Oregon was one of them too. Uh, but this is the federal pandemic unemployment compensation. Okay. Program. So this is, this is referred to as FPUC, the federal pandemic unemployment compensation, which is a part two to, um, PUA, which is pandemic unemployment assistance and PEUC, Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation. So the fact that they have the two PUA and PEUC acronyms in the beginning, and now they're FPUC, I mean, this is it's just getting really hard to follow all this. And here in Colorado, what's happening in my state, so we know states are going live. They are able to pay. We know that all the states crashed when they tried to do this the first time because... They weren't prepared. The systems were dated. They were programmed in COBOL. And, you know, people people were talking about how, how dated and ancient these systems were. And I remember here in Colorado, when we first started doing the research on PUA, um, our system was actually scheduled to do a complete overhaul in the unemployment system here in Colorado in April of last year. Now that didn't happen because the pandemic hit, but the pandemic hit literally in March. I mean, like it, it couldn't have been odder that they're like, well, it was supposed to be fixed next week. Okay. Well, that's weird. So since 1967, it hasn't been updated. You had it scheduled the week after the pandemic, but okay, let's just kind of get around it. And that's what it was. Everybody, every state did a get around patch on their UI system. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think any single state rebuilt the entire system. Um, I know Arizona was trying because every state was kind of in the same boat as us here in Colorado. Every state, no matter where you are is running a COBOL language programmed UI system from the night, from the late 1960s, every one of the states. And they have no federal sync up with the government. 
So it's done very old school to get money into those accounts if it needs to come from federal level. Um, it really, it's a very archaic thing. It's crazy that we let it go this long, but it did. And then the pandemic hit and now it's, uh, yeah, I mean, now here we are in Colorado and they are actually, um, it's uh, Deloitte. I think that's the same company that did Illinois and Arizona. Deloitte is uh, the state vendor who is rebuilding our, our our whole UI system now to include PUA too and not have it be in the walk around. And it's due to launch here in Colorado, maybe as soon as January 29th. Well, I, w- I have an inside hand with some people on this and it's very crazy what uh some stuff i heard tonight actually or i'm sorry uh uh i first heard it sometime mid last week but i'm just kind of confirming up some things here right now but um i i did just get a text back today on something i needed uh a follow-through on which is they are going ahead with the facial recognition system so I know that if if you didn't hear, there was a lot of unemployment fraud, or so they say. So now I guess they're doing this facial recognition thing with a lot of people where it's going to, first of all, it's going to roll out in phases here in Colorado. So let me, let me say, for example, for, for phase one, it's going to be regular unemployment. Um, those receiving benefits since Christmas could see the 300 sent to their bank accounts on the 29th. If you haven't used all of your PUA before the end of last calendar year, which almost everybody who was getting it did, um, in fact, there was a clawback last year as well in many states, including Colorado, but if you haven't exhausted your PUA, uh, same thing with PEUC, then you will be in phase one of payment, which is weird to me. So if you still have PUA money... You're going to be one of the first people to get paid the 11 weeks on this uh, secondary round of 11 weeks of, of half the PUA money to help people. So, this is very strange to me, but they're going to start paying the people who are already getting benefits, not the ones who got unplugged by the system at the end of the year and need the money most. Those people will go in round two. This is just ridiculous to me. So if you're still getting PUA and you hadn't used it up, you will get, you'll be one of the first to get it. Um, if you had used it up, you will have to wait for phase two and phase two is actually called. And this is from, this is directly from, um, the Colorado department of labor. Phase two is called exhausted benefits. Okay. So that, those are the people who, Again, I'm going I'm to direct this at gig workers and rideshare drivers and, and things directly of that app-based gig, gig workers here in Colorado and nationwide. But it's probably applicable what I'm reading here about Colorado to almost every state. So know this. If there's little hitches with your state, you should go to the state's site and take a look because you're probably going to read a lot of the same type of things that I'm telling you here that I picked apart from our state's site and from some news today. So exhausted benefits will be phase two. It doesn't have a, a date on when that will go. But that, again, they might, that's where some of the people they're looking into for needing facial recognition. To me, this is really strange. 
Um, I know here in Colorado, they're going to start using the workforce thing. So you're going to have to show proof of uh, where you applied for jobs or something. Um, let me see. Yeah, most people who... in uh, PUAs for gig. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks like the gig economy workers are going to still be in this PUA, CARES Act, PEUC, whatever you want to call it. The, the mess, the government program mess that we have. Um, but uh looks like the gig workers will go. They will go in round two, and it has no date on round two. Um, literally, the, one of the piece I'm looking at, phase three is called confusing benefits. <laughs> like, so I'm already confused, guys. And I've, been, I've read this article three times. So something new this year and oh, so fun for the state. Um, the people who are qualified for both PUA and regular unemployment. So this is the what what are they, they quote unquote call them the mixed earners and are causing a system uh, issue with with the new programming. So I don't I don't know. Um, phase four is called super confusing benefits. So <laughs> um, it, it literally the, I'm going to just read the first sentence. The first sentence says this phase is include includes people who have bounced around between programs. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I didn't know you could do that. So (laughs) anyway, um, this is all going on. It's all very confusing, but it does look like some states are kicking up today. And I'm glad that in, you know, as much as I'm hoping, I I really want to get this piece recovered for next week because it was a good interview with somebody on the other side of the pond over in London, um, who does the same thing we do. And, uh, but I'm I'm glad that we I I in a way that that happened because we did so much work on PUA and now I just came to it back to it today and I'm realizing that today is this is the week when I thought it was going to be next week that most of the news is going to come out so I'm kind of doing this last minute on the fly but at the same time um, it looks like all benefits should be starting so if you're in one of those groups like check it out with your state right now here in Colorado we are waiting for a this new system that's being built during a pandemic um, full system that integrates everything. Uh, So I will definitely update you on that. The facial recognition stuff has me very, very confused. And uh, I don't know, I'm not being conspiracy guy here, but it seems very big brother to me um, and unnecessary. So, not really sure what to say about that, guys. I, uh, I'm sure none of us are all that happy with that, but um, we'll have to see what that is. And I will keep any of you out of state updated because know that once things cool off or start to taper back a bit and your states can, because every state's going to be updating their UI. So once your state can update its UI, expect it to be somewhat like ours. So actually, I will have some good insider info, and we're one of the first states to get the full overhaul. So um, I will definitely keep everybody updated on what goes on with that. Um, And again, a lot of states are going. I have not had my time to check on all the states. I was running some together when I found out I wasn't going to be able to use the piece today that I wanted. 
Um, and then I ran across the fact that all this had started. So it's actually good because my, I guess my radar had gone a little off it, which is, which is odd. I thought I really did think it was next week. Um, okay. That said, uh, I got a piece here that I want to read you. Uh, if you know, um, I'm a fan of Dara's Dara, not Dara with Uber, not bad Dara, good Dara, Dara care, um, at CNET and her and I have communicated for a long time. She did a piece on Lyft's new priority mode. And I am just going to play the piece, come back on the other side, have a little bit of discussion. And then, uh, I think that's going to be it for the week, but I I do want to talk about this and I want to play it. So, um, it's, it's only about five minutes. So hang in there and, uh, see you on the other side. In late September, Erla Phillips got what she described as an irritating email from Lyft. The ride-hailing company was reaching out to drivers, like her, to notify them about a new feature called Priority Mode. Turn on Priority Mode to earn more, the email boasted. When drivers opted in, it said they'd get a handful of priority hours per week in which they'd get more rides than drivers who weren't using the feature. But there's a catch. In Priority Mode, drivers must agree to a 10% pay cut. I knew that this just was another way for the company to take more money from the drivers, said Phillips, who was one of Lyft's earliest drivers in Toronto. The first week I didn't even bother turning it on. Despite her skepticism, Phillips finally caved and gave priority mode a try. She got a few rides, used up her hours and didn't notice much of a difference. What was notable, however, was that when she turned priority mode off she said she barely got any rides. The feature is Lyft's latest attempt to cope with the coronavirus pandemic, which has weighed on the ride-hailing industry because people around the world have sheltered in place with nowhere to go. Lyft's rides were down 75% year-over-year in mid-April, and even though the company has since seen an increase in passengers, rides were still off by 50% year-over-year in November. Drivers have been left scrambling to pick up any ride possible to make ends meet. We launched priority mode at the beginning of the pandemic to help drivers stabilize their earnings and give them another option around how to make the best use of their time, a Lyft spokesman said in an email. It's one of the many ways we are continually working to improve the platform so drivers can reach their personal goals. Priority mode also helps Lyft compete with Uber by keeping more drivers available to pick up rides. Since many drivers use both apps, priority mode could get those drivers to choose Lyft over Uber. J.J. Fuser, a researcher with RideFair, a Toronto coalition working to regulate ride hailing, said the companies need to have drivers circulating at all times to ensure passengers don't have to wait long for rides. But she said that situation has created a ride scarcity that makes it harder for individual drivers to pick up enough passengers to earn a minimum wage. The priority program works because the labor supply is indefinite, Fuser said. It wouldn't work if people weren't desperate for income right now. It's a race to the bottom. Pay cuts... Online drivers' forums are scattered with complaints about priority mode. A Reddit thread calls the feature, extremely rotten, with one commenter saying, Lyft has always been shadier underneath their woke branding than Uber but this takes it to the next level. Why the hell should you be paid less for doing the same work? Similar sentiments are seen on Twitter and drivers' sites like the rideshare guy and Uber people. One Lyft driver even started a change.org petition called, Save Lyft Drivers, asking the company to get rid of priority mode. Lyft's interpretation of the feature is different. The spokesman said the company received positive feedback for priority mode during a pilot program, so it launched an updated version to more drivers in August. Currently, priority mode appears to be available to all drivers in Toronto, Austin and Miami.
The spokesman declined to specify where it's available or whether Lyft intends to take it to other cities or nationwide. The spokesman put CNET in contact with Oscar Silva, a part-time Lyft driver in Miami, who said he's made priority mode work for him. He said he gave Lyft positive feedback on the feature in a survey. Since Silva has a day job and drives off hours, he said he can use priority mode when it's slow. He said he appreciates getting more rides during those times but would like the feature better without the 10% pay cut. I like priority mode to the extent that it's an additional tool in my toolbox, but I don't want to be in priority mode 100% of the time, Silva said. The real kicker would be putting me on priority and not changing the rate. Both Lyft and Uber have consistently cut drivers' pay over the years. About a decade ago, when the companies first started out, drivers could reportedly expect to make roughly $20 per hour after expenses. Now that number is believed to have dropped by half. According to a 2019 study by the Economic Policy Institute, Uber drivers make around $9 per hour. Uber has disputed those findings. Both Lyft and Uber went public in 2019, but neither has yet made a profit. Over the years, the companies have taken other steps that affect drivers' earnings but aren't exactly pay cuts. For instance, Lyft has lowered its cancellation fee for riders from $5 to $2 plus time and distance. And Uber has upped its cut from drivers from 20% to 25%. Both companies have also battled regulators to oppose minimum wage laws in cities like New York and Seattle. In California, they were part of a $205 million ballot measure campaign to make sure drivers wouldn't be classified as employees in the state. Phillips began as a ride-hail driver with Uber in 2015 and then joined Lyft in 2017, when it launched in Toronto. At first, she said she loved it. She'd been working part-time at a roofing supply company and needed to supplement her income. Phillips liked talking to passengers and usually made more than Toronto's $14 per hour minimum wage. When she lost her job at the roofing company, driving for the ride-hailing companies became her sole income. But now, with priority mode, Phillips said her earnings opportunities with Lyft have been crushed. I haven't gotten a single ride all week, she said in a December interview. Poverty mode. Another Toronto Lyft driver, who wishes to remain anonymous out of fear of retribution, got Lyft's invite to test out priority mode a month before it launched citywide. Like Phillips, he was one of Lyft's founding drivers in Toronto, its first market outside the U.S., at first, he drove exclusively for Lyft because he saw it as the nicer, more ethically driven company. But now he drives for Uber too because he said he sees no difference in how the two companies treat their drivers. The driver, who has a day job and drives part-time, said Priority Mode caused a 20% drop in his earnings. We joke that our nickname for Priority Mode is Poverty Mode, the driver said in a phone interview. Of all the things I've seen Uber and Lyft do, this is the ickiest. When Lyft notified the driver about priority mode in August, it pitched the feature by saying he'd stay busy because we'll prioritize you over other drivers, according to screenshots seen by CNET. Lyft acknowledged, you'll earn less per ride, but added, we'll make sure you get more rides so you'll earn more overall. Lyft and Uber both speak in these Orwellian riddles, the Toronto Lyft driver said, referencing Lyft's message about being paid less per ride but earning more. If you logically think about what they're saying, it's incongruous. With the feature turned on, drivers in Toronto make $1.68 Canadian dollars per ride pickup and then $0.12 cents per minute and $0.54 cents per kilometre when a passenger is in the car, according to screenshots seen by CNET. When priority mode is off, the pickup rate is $1.87 and $0.13 cents per minute and $0.60 cents per kilometre. So, a 10-minute, 5-kilometre, 3.1-mile ride in priority mode nets drivers $5.58. With the feature turned off, they'd get $6.17.
Lyft said it limits the number of drivers in priority mode, so even if they have hours to use, the feature may still be inaccessible, according to screenshots seen by CNET. Drivers say when they log on, priority mode often isn't available. Originally, Lyft gave drivers in Toronto six hours of priority mode per week. At the beginning of January, the company reduced those hours to four. It dropped the hours again last week to just three. The Lyft spokesman confirmed that priority hours for drivers change each week, depending on market conditions. He said the company monitors each city to make sure those who have priority mode turned off aren't impacted. While Philips' earnings as a ride-hail driver were decent for the first couple of years, they started to plummet as Toronto was flooded with new drivers. When the pandemic struck, it just got worse. But priority mode takes it to another level, she said. Phillips said she now spends hours driving in circles waiting for a ride. For example, in the last week of November, she got just 13 rides with Lyft and the majority of those were in priority mode, according to screenshots she provided CNET. Even though the 10% pay cut adds up, Phillips said she still uses the feature because it's impossible to get rides without it. You could go out during a snowstorm or rainstorm and get rides, she said. Not anymore. Well, I mean, what what can I even say about that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could hit this from all angles, guys. But uh, the biggest thing I would say is, uh, wow, talk about shyster to the utmost degree. Um, unbelievable. So basically, uh, I mean, I'll just, I'll, first of all, it's just ridiculous to say that Lyft is offering a feature that allows them to take a 10% cut by hooking you up with more rides. Um, we're already battling Lyft and Uber on pay rates and they already take a monster cut. So what do you mean you're going to take 10% more to get a driver a ride? And uh, not a very good way to defend independent contractor status either, guys. I was thinking about this as we were listening to that piece, and it just, you know, this isn't going to be good. You're double dipping now, and uh, you're definitely making it sound different than uh, you're supposed to be living up to right now. So... I don't know. Um, might be putting your own independent contractor status on the line here. I don't really know what you're trying to do. I think it's uh, complete bullshit. I think that uh, to offer this to people means that people who aren't using this are never going to get a ride. So if, if what they're saying is rides are already scarce in areas because of the pandemic... And they're now offering a, if you give us 10% more of your money, we'll make sure you get more rides. It's just going to make sure the other people who don't have that feature on never get any rides. And that the other people are, but they're paying Lyft and then they're paying them a 10% cut again. I mean, this is the, this is the equivalent and the exact same thing as a mafia shakedown straight up. I mean, this this is double dipping. This is everything that is just wrong with companies. And <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of shocked. I, I guess this is Lyft's attempt to try and stay alive. Um, that's all I can really see in it. But I don't see how that is. Um, I, I don't see how screwing the drivers over is going to make this any better for Lyft. And I and I don't know that Lyft comes out of the pandemic okay. 
Um, ride share altogether will be different, but Uber will get through it. I don't know that Lyft does, and I I definitely don't know that moves like this help, and I doubt there are many independent contractor drivers who are for this. And like me, I'm an independent contractor who wants to be an independent contractor. I am not for this at all. And I'm sure you got the empl- the people on AB5 who want to be employees wouldn't want this, obviously. That doesn't fit their model at all. So you almost have every driver against you on this one. So lift back against the wall. I don't really know what to say to you on this. It almost seems unreal. And during this time of the pandemic and everything seems just unreal. Um, it's, it's almost like the same thing as Lyft and Uber, um, hitting up the Biden administration saying that drivers need to get vaccinations in a timely manner because Lyft and Uber already signed contracts to make sure that patients get free rides to their vaccinations. So they, they signed the contracts that people would be taking them to get their vaccinations and the drivers would be picking them up, but they didn't make the deal first to make sure those drivers are protected themselves from taking these people to go get the vaccinations. So, I mean, just, you know, here we are again, and just scumbagness across the board. And thank you, Dara, for pointing that out in your article. Um, I think you always do a very good job of not thrashing on them, but pointing it out where it needs to be pointed out. And I think that was a very good example of that. And uh, that's it, you guys, for this week. And uh, next week, hopefully, I will have that interview, and we will go on from there. In two weeks, we have a ride upstate, um, John from New York upstate. He's going to be on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And hopefully next week we'll, he will have the interview with Morad and we'll try and uh, make sure to uh, check out um, the Gig Economy podcast too. Those guys can be checked out every when, every other Wednesday night, um, not this week, but like a week from tomorrow uh, and then every other week. So check those guys out on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, whatever you want. That's it, you guys. Have a great week, and uh, I'll see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.